The views and opinions expressed by the Loft Party Podcast panel participants and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the Good Times of Good People Company, the host, or its sponsors. It's not getting it, getting it. Welcome everybody out there in podcast land. The Good Times of Good People Company proudly presents the Loft Party Podcast, where it is always about good times, good people, and good talk. Now that you've received your invitation, the best way to let us know that you're in attendance is to download the party or become official by joining us on Facebook, subscribing on YouTube, iTunes Podcasts, or Google Play Podcasts. Good. Thanks for joining us. Grab a cocktail, light a cigar, or whatever you like to smoke, share us with your friends, and make yourself at home. I'm your host and moderator, Rio, and let's introduce today's panel. All right, we about ready? All right, hey everybody out there in podcast land. Uh, this is, of course, your host, Rio, and welcome to the Law Party Podcast. And uh, let's introduce today's panel. And of course, I've got uh, Chris O'Connor. He is the uh, co owner, excuse me, the owner of Liquid Night Entertainment, uh, as well as uh, he has interests in uh, Rieger and uh, Officeworks. And of course, Brian Massey, our own personal brain mass. So today, uh, we're going to keep it light for you, actually, and our, and our topic on episode 58 of the Loft Party Podcast is Memories of Our Mothers. Uh, so, one, you know, just, just talking about our moms, you know, fond memories, you know, not that they've, you know, passed away or anything like that, but just, uh, you know, fond memories from... from from growing up to now, and then uh, I also want to get into the best and worst advice you ever got from your mom. Um, <clears throat> before we get too deep, uh, I wanted to see if anybody else had a party game. Mm, a party game. Well, you know, normally the party game is I, I ask some reasonably ridiculous question. <laughs> that uh, okay. that uh, that uh, sometimes the answer is pretty hilarious. Uh, sometimes the answer is kind of poignant, but it's always pretty cool uh, if we if we don't have a party game. I do have one. I'll throw out a question. Sure. If you were forced to live in any other country besides America, where would you live? Mm. That is a really good question. I've actually thought about this several several times so and I I always come up with two or three different answers and I'm not sure which which more than the other Uh, but uh, Brian I'm thinking like not that this really matters for me at this point in my life but would you get to keep your wealth yeah I'll give you that yeah okay well then later on in life I'd probably be somewhere in uh, uh, somewhere down south Go a long way and you just hang out. Just go down. Go down. It don't work right now for me. I'd probably say any other. Go down south, South America, somewhere. Just money wasn't even an option. You're not gonna. You're not gonna be like the the prince of the country. (laughs) But you're not gonna be hurting. You'll be living a good life. You'll be living. Well, because I was thinking more so like, I mean. Can you really do a lot of data analysis? I mean, is there a lot of you know job opportunities (laughs) in that area of the world to do? You know, so I mean. Of course, if you had internet, it wouldn't really matter. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, I'd say the UK. I mean, that'd be a really cool place to live for a while. Yeah, having uh, fairly recently visited there, I'm about yeah. to say. So did, did, you, did you think jolly old England agreed with you? London was a cool place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd, I would like to go there. That'd be fun. Yeah, but like, if I'm going on vacation, I'll tell you, that's not where I'm going. If I'm going on vacation, I'm headed to the beach. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's my answer. Yeah. Oh, what, about you? what about you, Chris? Uh, I have always had a plan since I was a kid to live in Mexico and move there uh, when I hit 50. So that is still the plan. But I do get torn because I did live in France for a while. Hmm. And... I did not uh, know that. I did. We, we're discovering new information on podcasts. Like my uh, godson is French, uh, one of them, and 
uh, an ex-girlfriend is French, and she and I have stayed very good friends, and she's actually going to become my uh, god, my daughter, London's right. right. godmother. So nice. Um, so yeah, so that'll be fun. But uh, I loved it there. I loved it, and everybody wants to talk crap about the French and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I got along great there. Yeah, I thought the people were fabulous, and the history is stunning. And certainly the sights to see and the yeah. culture and yeah, everything yeah, yeah. else is just, it's overwhelming. So I've always said Mexico for the same reason you do. I love the beach. I need warm weather. Yeah. You know, and not that's not to say Mexican, Mexico doesn't have any culture because it has quite a bit of it. Um, but boy, yeah, France would have been a cool second option too. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. Uh, France has always been, which is actually probably uh, anybody out there that knows me in podcast land probably uh, probably doesn't know that France has always been on that list of, of places that I would go. Um, um, you know, it's funny. You, you get a lot of, uh, you know, in 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 black culture, you get a lot of, you know, I would go back to Africa. You know what? I want to visit. I want to visit Africa uh, desperately because I mean it is the birth birthplace of all civilization. Uh, but uh, <laughs> when I think about uh, how ungodly hot it is, I don't want to live in Africa. <laughs> I want to visit Africa. I don't want to live in Africa though. Uh, if I want to live in that kind of heat, yeah, I'd rather it be a beach. So it'd be you know. Jamaica or Barbados or someplace like that. I mean, look, if some chick who looks like Rihanna is, can come and bring me my umbrella drink every day, uh, Barbados sounds great to me. <laughs> so, uh, but it, I do remember um, I got a, a, a older, older African friend, and um, <laughs> this is about five. Summers ago. And uh, so he swings by my job to visit because um, he kind of works in the industry we service. And um, and uh, I go, hey, man, what are you doing here? He said, hey, Mario, how you doing? You know, and I was like, I was, I was like, you know, how you, how you doing, man? Get in here. Because it, it was really hot that day. I was like, yeah, get inside. And this doubled down on my, I don't want to live in Africa, because he goes, oh, my God, it's hot. Oh, my God. This, this is Africa hot. Not, oh, my God, this is hot. And I cried for about an hour, just laughing. And, uh, and I was thinking, as hot as it was, if this is how hot Africa is all the time, I don't want to do that. <laughs> not, not to live, uh, but something about France has always mm-hmm. has always intrigued me, and uh, and and so that would definitely be high on my high on my list. If I could just travel, like live someplace for a couple three months, and 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 pick up and move, like you say, if like my job was tied to the internet, basically, <laughs> like just pick up and. Go live someplace, experience that place for a while. That would be great. That's what I did for about seven years. That is awesome. That was when I was at Sprint. You'd go somewhere for between three and six months. Mm. You'd stay there. You'd not. The longest place I ever stayed anywhere was Orlando for two years. But beyond that, it was Las Vegas for, you know, three months. And uh, Tijuana for a while, mm. and, you know, just all the random, random yeah, places. Yeah, random places, yeah. You'd go and set up shop and stay there for three to six months and then leave and yeah uh, it was great I loved it there is a website called Nomad List Hmm. and you can search if you go to the the front page it's like you can search cold mild or warm and it tells you you can search less than a thousand dollars a month or less than two thousand or three thousand they have fast Wi-Fi uh, clean air all Hmm. these things you can search and it for the whole world and shows you like places you could just go that <laughs> fall within your filters. Mm. I, I someone shot that's kind of cool. sent that to me a few weeks ago. I said, "Hey, you were promote. You should check this out." Yeah, that'd be yeah. awesome. That would be really just, cool. Yeah, like you say, because you just need fast Wi-Fi, really. <laughs> like, yeah, going. Uh, 
Yeah. Be like, go do math somewhere. Yeah, like, where, where, where are you? <laughs> Jakarta? <laughs> like, just someplace <laughs> super odd. <laughs> All right. That was a good one. That was a good one, Chris. Thank you. That was a good one. All right, so, here we go. Hey, you can search for the Loft Party Podcast on iTunes Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, and on our Good Times with Good People YouTube channel. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook, tweet us on Twitter, and if you'd like the content we provide, donate to us on Patreon, www.patreon.com forward slash loftpartypodcast. You can find all of our links below, and now back to our regularly scheduled program. What is it? Let, okay, let's start with what is the best advice you think you ever got from your mom? I don't mind, but I was thinking about this the other day when I had a question that was asked me. So I'll, I'll go first. I'll jump in. Uh, yeah. Um, the best advice we were talking about getting college degrees and that sort of thing. And I would say the best advice I got from my mom was, okay, you can do anything that you want. You can go get whatever degree you want, go to college, that sort of thing. But just remember, whatever you go into, you should probably make sure it can pay the bills. And I feel like that last part is missed a lot. With You know, we've had a lot of conversations about uh, this generation. Go be what you want to be and, you know, go get a basket weaving <laughs> bachelor's degree. And it's like, what are you going to do with that? <laughs> Well, when you say that, it makes me think of this thing. <laughs> I was looking at this show one time, and um, and the girl was like, it doesn't matter what he does, as long as he loves me and he treats me great. And, and the guy comes back and says, so, if he was a roadside yam salesman, <laughs> you, would be fine, you would be okay with that. And she was like, a roadside yam salesman? He goes, yeah, he sells sweet potatoes on the side of the road. <laughs> And once again, I cried laughing for about an hour. And, uh, but that is what make what's what you just said made me think of that because I think that part is missed. Like you can do whatever you want, but can it take care of you? Can yeah. it sustain? You? I mean, there's more parts to it than just is your heart into it. And I, I mean, I hate to say that because I think that that breaks a lot of people, or a lot of people won't accept that as realistic. But it's true. Um, as you know, music was a big part of my life growing up. Uh, I played a long time. In fact, I was on a full ride scholarship for my first year of college playing music. And then realized, like, that's going to be a really hard life. And I know that's kind of sad, but it's like, you know, this is, uh, it's not easy. There's a lot of traveling. And I, I just kind of saw how that was going to fold out. And said, that's not what I want. And, uh, you know, I made a pivot. And, and now uh, I'm, I'm doing something that I do enjoy, and I'm also able to pay my rent, so that's great. There you go. I mean, you know the interesting thing with music, anyway. <clears throat> In order to really make a real, a real living at it, like you have to be a world class musician of uh, like, like enough that you can get picked up by this band and that band and third band to go and do on these different tour runs uh, or you're that good an artist that you know you can actually sell your own records and I says but the average I pick up and I play an instrument yeah the, I think that's very difficult for a lot for a lot of the rank and file just musicians to, to realize that maybe I'm not world class enough to make a living at so, this. And I thought, I was like, there's... I mean, I could go play at a bar band, but, you know, I couldn't really make a real living. You know, that's 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 hard for people to accept. Right. And I was thinking, I mean, at the time I thought, there are 7 billion people on this earth. Even just a fraction of those play instruments and a fraction of those are really, really good. That really small fraction is probably thousands of people that you know that are going to be much better than me it's like you know even if I practice you know every day I mean you know there's natural talent that comes in there and people who as they were children their parents were like this is what you're going to do since they were three 
that kind of thing. It's like, you know, that's uh, when I realized I was starting to uh, analyze it, I thought, I'm going to go on to data analysis. And that's, <laughs> that's, that's where I made my pivot. So. Here we go. <laughs> that's funny. Because uh, I would have said something similar with the exception of uh, my mom never threw in the last part. She just said, do whatever you want to do because if you want to do it, you will do it better than anybody else will be able to do it. And it was never, I'm telling you, somewhere in the world is a very rich basket weaver who's killing it. He has bought the basket weaver factory. Yeah, it's 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 more than just because I she was very 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 good at teaching me like listen don't just look at things one way so you say you talk about being a musician well, I played in a band too so you look at it as like okay we write songs and there's kind of a way to do it and she goes no 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 because you need to completely rethink this entire thing and start doing it your own way she's like maybe you need to start rethinking how you're distributing your stuff. Maybe you need to think more about your marketing. Maybe you need to think more about any number of things that would put you ahead of all the rest of the people on the curve so you're not competing against the thousands of people. And I agree with you. So I always think of actors. And I know some people go, I want to be an actor. Well, okay. So 50 of them just... 50% of them are just, they're, they're terrible. They just don't have any talent, and they don't really want to do it. 25% of them don't have the drive to continue with it, and they get discouraged and leave. And then probably another 15%, you know, just are socially awkward, can't make the connections, can't do any of those kinds of things. So really, if you put your mind to it, you're dealing with maybe 10% of the people. You know, there's probably 10% of the actors out there who can kind of work. Do you want to be a worldwide celebrity? Okay, that might take a break or two, but then you figure that out. You pose it as a problem, look at it from every angle, and then figure it out. You know, and that was the one thing she said. She could just look at things differently. Because it's not a matter of what you want to do. You want to do anything on earth that you want. It's a matter of how you approach what you're doing. And find a new way to do it. So, and that, that was the greatest advice that she ever gave me. That's awesome. That is good advice. That's, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> that is really good I advice. I mean, she came from a family who did all kinds of different things, mm. from banks to dairies to, you know, teaching to any number of things. So she was used to being in this yeah. very multi, you know, your mind would split if you right. were trying to consider all these different all businesses. Yeah. But she's like, yeah, they all work, because you just thought of a There's way to make way them to all work it. together. You know, mm. so it was kind of interesting. Mm. Yeah, I know my mom. Uh, <laughs> I was actually joking with her because uh, she was asking me what we were going to talk about, and so I was telling her, and I was like, "Well, actually, um, you know, we're going to talk about moms and you know, uh, best and worst advice." And she was like, "She's like, I wonder what's the worst advice I ever gave you." And I said, "You know what? Actually, I have to think about that." I said, "But I actually, no." The best. And, uh, and uh, so, two things. One was uh, in grammar school, you know, my mom made a point of having me in, uh, in Catholic school uh, instead of in private school. And uh, <clears throat> at a certain point, we went from the Catholic school that was kind of in the neighborhood and uh, she transferred me to Holy Name Cathedral, which is downtown Chicago. Now, I'm a inner-city kid who's got to take the L up from the south side to get even get to school. But, you know, I remember when I was just like, yeah, but all the other kids are, you know, you know, they're, they're all rich kids, and they're, and they're mostly white kids, and I don't, you know, I don't know where I fit in. And she was like, hey, hey, hey. Nobody's better than you. You're better than nobody. But nobody's better than you. So, go in there. It's an even playing field. You know, they'll like you because you're you. And you'll, you'll prove to yourself that you're just as smart or capable as these kids are in no time at all. Just remember, they're not any better than you. You're not any better than them, but they're not any better than you. 
And I was, and that always stuck with me. And uh, and that really taught me kind of fearlessness with people. And uh, <laughs> and the other, uh, which is kind of a running joke uh, in in my family and between me and my mom, is that uh, uh, when when she thinks uh, something is really good looking, and she'll be like, "Ooh, that's smoking." And uh, so her, uh, her phrase, she said it a thousand times, at least growing up, is she'll see something in the store and, uh, you know, she'll do a pretty dress or whatever she'll see. Say, ooh, that's smoking. And then she'll look at the price tags and, ooh, that price is smoking too. And then, uh, <laughs> and then uh, and she goes, but you know what? She goes, but you know what? Smoking is expensive. And that taught me fearlessness with money. She was like, you can do whatever you want. You can have whatever you want. You may have to plan for it, you know, depending on what your income is. You never talk yourself out of even liking it because it's expensive. If it's smoking, it's expensive. But that doesn't mean you can't have it. It just means... What are you planning to do? How are you willing to rearrange what you got going on to make room for that? You know, or is it important at all? You know, so you're like, huh, maybe those shoes aren't as important. Because I remember growing up, I used to want, I used to want, you know, all the new Jordans. And I never got a pair of Jordans not <laughs> once. But um, I learned... You know, putting together outfits in different ways and with brands that maybe people, you know, weren't wearing as much and and creating something that I liked was more important than that brand name. But if I really liked it, smoking is expensive. You better go, go ahead and uh, go ahead and do what you got to do. Put that money aside. Get it. Can you put it in layaway? Can you? Can you? Put, Save that money. What, what can you, what can you do to have it? And uh, so, yeah, that taught me fearlessness with money. That's and uh, so, those two lessons are, were have always been kind of invaluable to me. Yeah, yeah. 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 So what? Uh, so what's the worst advice <laughs> you ever got from your mom? I think you're laughing because you know my mom uh, <laughs> a little bit. Uh, I, yes, and that's but, not a but I can't. But I can't mom. hear what she would have said to you. Just, but when you say it, I'll hear it in her voice. <laughs> it's so funny because if my mom ever heard me say that she gave me bad advice, it would break her heart, um, and she would call me immediately and apologize and say that's not what she meant and feel really sad. Which is why my mom is so awesome. It's because she cares. Yeah. <clears throat> um, honestly, I, I I was thinking about this, trying to figure out what would be the worst advice my mom gave me. And it doesn't have to be about something huge. Yeah, but I mean that's the thing is I I really I mean I would say she she will give me bad advice weekly and it, but it's always funny I call, <coughs> I call her out on it in the middle like you know I'll because I try to call my mom. At least once a week, um, just see how she's doing. And you know, she'll ask me about work or whatever. I'll say, oh, you know, we had this, we had this tough meeting, and this client's wanting to to maybe maybe get out of the company and move to a different you know different thing. And she said, well, you need to call them and tell them that you guys are working really hard. And like, she's very serious about it. I'm like, right. that is some of the worst advice. Like, I'm not gonna call. <laughs> hey, by the way, and I always tell her this. I'm like, yeah, that's one of them. Say, hey, by the way, my mom said. To let you guys know that right. I'm working really hard, right. and then she realized she's like, okay, well maybe you can't do that. And it's, all, it's always so funny. Yeah, because uh, yeah, they mean she, well, even when they give you horrible advice, they mean yeah, really well. She, and, and uh. it's funny because I mean she's, you know, she. It's so new to her. That's why she always asks me a lot of questions about my job. Is mm-hmm. it's outside of her world, and she always wants to learn. And um, so I mean, it's it's things like that. But it's fun. Yeah. And 
and I enjoy it. And, so. and I could definitely hear Mama Massey saying just that. That's actually really funny. <laughs> <laughs> really funny and cute. <laughs> hey, out there in podcast land, we would not be doing our duty if we didn't acknowledge the sponsors of the Law Party Podcast, the Majestic Restaurant and Jazz Club, and the Majestic's Pendergast Club. The Majestic carries on Kansas City's tradition of great food and jazz. Let them show you why they are the classic Kansas City Steakhouse experience. 931 Broadway, just three blocks from the Kansas City Convention Center. Jay Rieger and Company, a Kansas City distillery. Whether whiskey, gin, or vodka, neat or on the rocks, Jay Rieger, Kansas City, sipping good since 1887. C&P Construction, Kansas City's premier wood framers. 50 years of quality framing and craftsmanship. Just email david.cnpservice at gmail.com and start building something new today. And our friend and frequent guest, Lane Boland. Thank you all for all that you do. Time to rejoin the conversation. How about you, Chris? Uh... The worst advice that I think both my parents insisted on was that that a college education was a key to everything in the world and that if you didn't have it, you were bound to fail in some way or another. Mm. Uh, you always had to have this weird fallback of school and blah, blah, blah. And, mm. uh, I mean, it's one, because my dad worked his way through school and became a lawyer and second my mom was a teacher for a long time oh, so I okay. had this you know big respect for teaching and trying to get kids you know educated and right. I never had it I never had that passion and love <laughs> for school I mean I hated school I was a terrible student <laughs> uh, and just despised it and it was never because I was an idiot it's just because I wanted to do the things that I wanted to do right and the things that I wanted to do I did really well and then they made you do other crap like why don't you go read Kill a Mockingbird for the one billionth time <laughs> and come up with something new and then I'm like it's not gonna happen right I, mean, I, yeah, I read it, it it's, it's <laughs> I it. read it I got what I got out of it yeah. I'm not getting anything new I mean nobody's gonna re- rewrite my paper for me and tweet it and do all these other things I'm, I'm not, that, not that brilliant at right, it right, so, right, so right, it's right. already been done so, and it's not going to apply to my life ever. It's just a good book. So, yeah. um, uh, you know, that was the kind of stuff I think I wasted so much time. And we, as you know, we like, I didn't talk to my folks for years uh, because of the fact that I dropped out of school. And that was, I think, the, the worst part about it was um, they thought it was just you're going to be a loser and it's an ultimate sign of disrespect we've done all these things to try to help you and right. I thought of it as this is not the way I want my life to go and this isn't cut out for me right and so we we just we didn't agree for seven years on it and <laughs> finally she came back and, and kind of put pieces back together hmm. but that was after I started you know working and doing okay and those right. kinds of things and so I don't know. I don't know if she would make the same decision today as she did then, but mm-hmm. uh, that that was the worst. It caused a lot of heartache for both of us, and we probably uh, I'm not nearly as close to my family. I think over all the years because of those because moments. of those moments. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah, it so is. It, it, it was, yeah, I mean, I paid my way through school eventually, and even then they weren't talking to me, and so I was like, well, screw it. Yeah. You know, and part of that was by that was my choice at that point. Because they tried to reach out and I said, no, uh, you only liked me when I was going to school and screw that. You know, you didn't like me when I wasn't. So uh, it was just a big, big, stupid, yeah. young misunderstanding that you try to get past in life. But eventually that is a long time. And there's, I always tell people there's things you cannot unsay. Yes. You know, and so people are always like, well, why don't you get more involved in the family stuff? Or why don't, when this happens, why don't you throw your opinion out and, you know, mm-hmm. stick on my side no matter what? I'm like, because there's things you just can't unsay. Yeah. And so if you actually get back together with that dude, like if I'm talking to my sister and mm-hmm. she's ranting and raving about the way this guy's being an asshole, I'm like, and you... I'm like, yeah, he's a complete asshole. And then she gets back together with him. Like, what right, am I going right, to say? Yeah, then what am I going to say? Right, right. right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I was just joking earlier. <laughs> I know. It worked well, that way. So. You know, I, I definitely <laughs> know a couple of people that uh, 
have some relationships that I'm like, oh, I wish you would have included me in this conversation. Cause well, what do they say about Seinfeld? They say in Seinfeld, it's like a refrigerator, you know? you got to tip it over a couple times before it actually falls over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, the, yeah. If, if you leave it to its own devices, the refrigerator's not doing anything. <laughs> but, but if you tip it, it'll fall. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I think for me... Oh, I don't even know if it was bad advice. Well, you know, I think I think it wasn't even bad advice. It was like you know, like like my mom may have like liked somebody that I was dating more than I liked them. You know, and they're you know like asking you know continually asking me, hey, how's so-and-so? And And I'm just like, let him go. She's batshit crazy mind. (laughs) Like, you know, oh, she's nice. Yeah, to you. (laughs) Yeah, like, yeah, she's super sweet to you. She's fucking nuts, though. And, you know, it's that kind of thing. And, and, uh, and, you know, and I think kind of similarly with college, it wasn't so much that I just hated it or, you know, anything like that, but like I said, coming from a different uh, a different financial background, you know, it was like, well, if, if you don't get enough uh, student loans or grants to get you through however far you're trying to go, you know, you, you can't just pull the money out your ass. <laughs> just not, it, there is that. That is what it is. I mean, it can it can happen, but I think by the time that I was going back to school, I was quite grown, and I was like, "Well, look, <laughs> um, what I would have to do to to rearrange my life mm-hmm. to pay for school uh, will be to the detriment of." my life your life <laughs> like yeah. so and it's not you know like I would I mean I, I could keep my job and I could you know go to school but I would neglect every friendship I would neglect uh, the relationship and I eventually I would lose all of those because every dime would go into you know trying to you know pay for finish trying to finish paying for school and honestly I don't think that piece of paper really means a whole lot to my trajectory, um, ultimately. I mean, I don't think that it's uh, something I don't need, or, or don't, I should say don't want, but I don't know if need is the right word. Because everybody that, everybody that I've ever known that's been really successful either didn't have a degree at all, or uh, or barely got there, <laughs> and uh, and whatever the hell they got the degree in is usually not what the hell they're doing in life anyway. So you know, <laughs> so I I still intend to go back and finish, but uh, but I, I but I'm I'm on a path that I'm I'm on a personal path that could be directly derailed by what I would have to do to to basically take my whole paycheck to pay for school. So no, that makes sense. Yeah, so yeah, it's a different world. Like when I was doing it, when I finally decided to go back, it was one, I was pretty young. I mean I was like what, twenty two maybe? Mm-hmm. And uh could afford to just work all the time. Yeah, oh, yeah. And I love these people. Like, college was the greatest years of my life. And my college was the shittiest years yeah, of my life. Yeah, I was just going to say, really? <laughs> I was working four jobs, like, all the time. Oh, yeah. Just to pay for just this crap that for... I didn't even want to do. Cause, exactly. You know, they said it was important. And I was like, yeah. oh, okay. You know, but it, it, never, it wouldn't have changed my life at oh, all. Oh, yeah. In fact, I'm... it would have just put me in debt. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because at the end of the day, like, I went to um, the Art Institute of Seattle because I was um, in my associate's... My uncle's chain of schools. Oh. Oh. He was the CEO of that company. <laughs> hey, 
Tell him, forgive my lungs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sure he's living on to the next day right now. <laughs> uh, so, Artists to Seattle, I've got my uh, associates in music business. But, 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 you know, which gets back to the, the, the worst advice. It was like, well, you know, what are you really going to do with that? And you're not working in the music business, which means I wasn't working for some conglomerate record label or a radio station uh you know and and so I tried to go back to school um and I wound up going to DeVry and then they they burnt through all of my freaking uh grant money um before I could finish so yeah, because yeah. it was stupidly expensive. Now I will say that I feel like I was getting a decent enough education, but the classes were probably way more expensive than they needed to be, and you know. So, like I say, there there will come a time, but uh, I'm not super pressed right now. Anyway. Hey, you having a good time? Let me introduce you to a couple of my media brothers. First, www.americathemixtape.com, a cipher on American politics, society, and culture. And where'd I get that mixtape? Of course, www.cornerbodega.us, purveyors of urban culture. Come on, let's get back to the party. The way it goes, you know, I think growing up, you know, you know, it's funny. I remember when we were doing the <coughs> Memories of Our Fathers show, Father's Day last year. Um, you know, it really got me to thinking about, because, you know, at the, at the time my father was ill. And so, uh, so it really got me to thinking about, um, just parents, you know, and, uh, and what a, um, burden is the wrong word. What a responsibility. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was just like, cause all, cause burden was what was in my head, but I'm like, that's not the word I'm looking for. Like, just what a responsibility it is to, to get this little knuckleheaded life and try to turn it into a productive human being in 17, 18 years. And, uh, and just how difficult that's got to be. Um, Can I tell you real quick? Yeah. I saw the funniest car sticker, uh, you know, the rear window mm. sticker the other day. It said, huge financial burden on board, and it was a oh. picture of a stroller. <laughs> and I thought, that is hilarious. Oh, that is good. That's about as <laughs> it's about accurate too. I sent that picture to my brother, and he was not amused in, in, <laughs> in any way. Uh, he's got four kids. And he's only five years older than I am. Uh, and, <laughs> uh, you uh, need to see Chris Chris's face out there podcast. <laughs> like. I, thought, I thought that was that was just awesome. Oh yeah. Uh, my mom. Got, I sent it to my mom too. She's like, that's that's. Hilarious. Yeah, so, so you know, mom's got a sense funny. of humor. Yeah, yeah. Kurt did not. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Anyway, well, you, yeah. You said burden, and I thought. Well, well, well yeah. I, I, suppose, I suppose when you're in in the midst with little kids, yeah, maybe he maybe he felt a little sensitive about that. I mean, he's got a nine year old, twin boys at six, and uh, <laughs> a baby that's nine months. He's wow. got a lot on his plate, man. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. I, I will say, <laughs> you know, I, I do sometimes think about only having had one one child and, you know, thinking about, you know, I would love to maybe have one more. But but even then, that, like, that puts me at the grand total of two. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I couldn't imagine having four and five, you know. And look, uh, one of my best friends uh, out there in podcast land has got five. And, uh, and you know, him and his wife, they doing a the damn thing. And, you know, but, woof, God bless you, brother. God bless you. Increases <laughs> your chances of having someone to take care of you when you're old. 
This is very true. Well, I'll tell you the dynamic on that. Yeah, because there's going to be I, one. Because I come from a family of six kids, and mm. it's uh, it causes more disagreements and arguments and bitterness than you would ever possibly imagine because you always feel like somebody's not pulling their weight I do everything, I'm the martyr here and I'm always going to have to end da, da, da. and it divides you quicker than it unites you it's very strange it's a very strange phenomenon I believe that Eesh. yeah, I can believe that I can believe that. So I, I don't know what the schedule is on here, but I do have a question. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that I can even answer this, but for for myself. But is there any like what's the best or worst advice you've given your mom? Hmm. It's actually a really good question. Because, and the reason I ask is because you know a, after my dad passed away, the you know you said parents. I was thinking. My mom and my dad were a team, and they were, they wrote, they, they were, um, they taught my brother and I both as much as they could, but it was interesting to see what happened as soon as my dad passed away, is like, it, the, the roles completely flipped, and it was, it was almost like we were kind of te- raising my mom. Raising, yeah, 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 no, I, I know exactly what you She was exactly so lost, right. because the other half was just gone, and it yeah. was like, she didn't know how to do things, and it's, and I don't mean to say that like she was so dependent on him, it was just... I mean, yeah, it I throws mean, your know, equilibrium okay. off massively. Right. They, they talk when, about yeah. people who like try to quit smoking and like just the habit of, you know, it's like the habit of having that thing there is more of a, on their mind than anything else, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, I think it's kind of like that. You just, you're almost lost without mm-hmm. it there. And so the roles uh, flipped. And so I just remember, uh, you know, when you ask the question about advice, I'm thinking, man, it's been a long time since I've actually got advice from my mom it's always been kind of the other way around when we talk it's oh like, yeah you know she's asking me questions and so uh, that, that oh that yeah oh, well I you know asked. it's funny because yeah cause I, I know exactly what you mean it's just my my pop passed um like you know like my mom um like she like she moved to a new house and you know and she was really you know kind of you know, even though I'm I'm here and she's in Chicago, you know, she's, you know, like, you know, sending me the listings every day. Like, okay, so what do you think about this one? What do you think about this? Okay, so with this one, so, like, if she's talking through it with me the way she would have talked through it with Pop. And, uh, or, like, now she's thinking about getting a new car and trading in Pop's old truck and her car and getting one vehicle. And she really wanted me to go to the dealerships with her to look at the car, the two cars she had kind of whittled it down to, and really. And so, so yeah, I I I don't know what the best or, or for that matter worst advice that I've given her, but I do know that in the past couple of years since Pop passed, you know. She's definitely been turning to me for advice in a way that, you know, was new for both of us, you know. It wasn't that she never asked me stuff before he passed, but it was it was almost kind of like, eh, you know, your father. Anyway. <laughs> you know, versus now, versus now, it's like, okay, so... I'm, this, so I'm, I'm thinking about getting these blinds. Okay, so you see this color. <laughs> I'm like... Uh, right, <laughs> like I guess. Uh, Why are you like, asking me? Yeah, like right, like you live here. Yeah, right, right. You're, like, <laughs> you're living with it. Yeah, so yeah, but so it's kind of yeah. It's, so that's been a new phenomenon. Yeah, not a bad one, but definitely a new one. Yeah, that's Bye-bye. funny. Yeah. Uh, I'm in a different situation just because my dad's still alive and mm. they're still married, and they, um, you know, we're we're not as probably as tight as some of my other brothers and sisters are with my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the worst advice I ever gave her goes back to what I was saying earlier when she was trying to reach out. Oh, and yeah. Pleasure, and she said, just stay the hell out of my life for a while. And that was maybe the worst advice I ever <laughs> right, right, right. every day because I just, I just, you don't realize that things have lasting consequences. So I'm like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Screwed that up. Yeah, it's been a couple of times that 
you know, me and my mom are pretty close. There's been a couple times we've been at it, and uh, for whatever reason, and you know, and and you know, it's that weird moment when you know you have to put your foot down in a way that is massively uncomfortable to put your foot down with with your parent, but you have to because at this moment they need to recognize you as an adult. And uh, well, you need to prove it to yourself that you can be an adult. Yeah, well, that too. The flip side of it too. That too. I mean, yeah, because at, at a certain point, you know, if you don't assert yourself as an adult, I don't care how old you get, you know, you're going to be there. You, you know, you're going to be a child, not their child. And uh, so, yeah, those. I remember a couple of those conversations and those, you know, were difficult because, you know, my mom plays really tough, but mm-hmm. she's super soft-hearted. And, <laughs> and, uh, and so she's like, I'll call you back. And I'm like, oh, damn it. <laughs> like, well, that didn't go well. <laughs> so, But, you know, but it, but it was a conversation that I had to have. And so, you know, it was, I just found it really interesting. Some part of growing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. You know, if uh, if there's one memory you could hold on to, you know, just you know, no matter how old they get or they passed, they passed away, or you know, if there's one memory you could hold on to about your mom. Mm-hmm. That's tough. I mean, because when you say that, I put it in a context. Of, I mean, I immediately jumped to my dad. And I'm like, okay, what would be the equivalent of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, man. You know, okay. It, um, not, not to sound like, hey, look what I did. Um, but on Friday, I had flowers sent to my mom to her work. Mm. And... Because I wanted it on Friday, because I knew she'd really love to show them off for Mother's Day. Yeah. Uh, so she works at a school, and um, I actually get a text from my sister-in-law, who also uh, works at that school. And she <laughs> said, "Look what I just delivered." Uh, yeah. She's the because she's like the I think she's the principal for the freshman or something. I'm not sure how that all works, but you know, she's like, "Hey, look what I just delivered." And uh, my mom called me uh, that afternoon on Friday, and she told me the whole story. And I mean. She could have told me the story in 30 seconds. Yeah, hey, I got these. Thank you so much. But she told me a 10-minute story of how she always gets uh, my sister-in-law's mail because she now has the you know the last name. She's now Mrs. Massey. And, right, right, but now, right, right. You know, and all this stuff and like how all the students. And she thought, oh, I thought there's definitely a candid camera in here and this and that. Right. And she just went, and you just hear it in her voice how happy and excited that she was and everything. Um and it's just, I think it's just the excitement. I love hearing when she's happy. Oh, yeah. And, and I think that's the kind of memory. And that's the most recent one, which is why it pops in my head. Yeah. Um, those, those kind of things. Yeah. Just her being happy. Yeah. 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 Yeah, actually, kind of similarly. Um, actually, uh, so, out there in podcast land, we're taping, we tape on Mondays, and, uh, and this Monday happens to be the day after Mother's Day, so which is why we, of course, are doing uh, members of our mothers. Um, but uh, so my mom was in town for Mother's Day this year, and, uh, and actually, I literally took her to the airport and then came here to talk to all of you guys. Um, <coughs> excuse me. But um, so. Like you said, just when she's happy and, and content and, like, everything has been going just well. Uh, like, it just weather-wise, it's probably 10 or 15 degrees warmer than it was in Chicago this weekend. And, you know, she didn't, uh, she didn't have to pay for anything all weekend and... Uh, she loves the patios uh, like all the restaurants have patios in Kansas City and she loves the patios so 
uh, we made a point to go and sit out on the patios and and you know when uh, when we're you know together we get to talking and laughing and which is kind of where I get my uh, not necessarily my love for movies but my love for movie quotes because my mom my mom and me ever since I was little have always had weird weird movie quotes that we that we uh, uh, throw back and forth at each other and um, so like you know so when it's just the two of us and it's it's a great day and we'll be talking laughing having lunch and you know some throwing some weird movie quote back and forth at each other and uh, and like you say and just like you say just the you know just the, the look and the smile and it's that tone of voice when you like you like say you know she's really really happy you know and uh and uh, that that that's the 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 snapshot I want to hold on to I think. Yeah, that's cool. That's a really good one. Yeah. Hmm. What are you thinking, Chris? Uh, I guess for me it would be I was seventeen and I played high school football and um, did really well. Like mm-hmm. it was pretty damn good at it, honestly. And. Uh, and That's right, two quarterback, right? Yeah, and had some state records and things like that, and I was really happy. But the the time I remember being most proud was like, you know, during like ninety nine point nine percent of people, you lose your last game, right, 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 and we did lose, and it sucked, and got the living snot kicked out of me, and uh, felt just like hell, and looked up, and she was just so proud. And just so proud that I'd be just able to hang in there, toughen up, walk off. That accomplished a ton of stuff during the season. Right. Did right. really well. And I had never really had any other accomplishments up to that <laughs> point. Honestly, and I came from a very competitive family, and they all did. My brother was a city golf champion. My sisters both played nationally mm-hmm. ranked tennis. You know, oh, wow. And, and they, it was a super competitive <laughs> you like, Jesus Christ. You know? I did nothing. Yeah, you know, and... I think it was the first time I ever just remember being really, really, really proud. That's yeah, that's really cool. That's awesome. I am. I'll never forget that as long as I live. That's awesome. That is really awesome. Yeah. Well, um, since we're not doing uh, uh, any politics this week, and, and kind of on purpose, um, there is definitely stuff to talk about, uh, but... Uh, I myself needed a breather from talking about Trump for a week. Um, so I figured everybody else probably did too. Um, so I'm glad you guys are tuning in and you're joining us. Um, and I hope that uh, this, you know, is kind of making you think about your mom and thinking about, you know, the best and worst advice that she's ever given you. Uh, best and worst advice that you've ever given her, members that you'd want to hold on to. Um, if uh, any of that uh, uh, strikes your fancy, uh, leave a comment below. Uh, let us know what you're thinking. Um, but I think uh, before this uh, gets sappy, uh, I think we're going to end this podcast and we're going to end all podcasts. And that is to good times with good people.